Welcome to the broadcast of Exceedingly Abundant Ministries in cooperation with Bethel Worship Center of Joplin, Missouri. Their goal is to win the lost, disciple Christians, set the captives free, and see the sick made whole. Bethel Worship Center is located at 3125 West 20th Street in Joplin. Weekly service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and a Wednesday evening Bible study at 6.30 p.m. For more information, visit their website at BethelJoplin.org. Now, here is Pastor Gary Culp with today's message. Well, good afternoon. The Lord bless you. What do we know for sure? God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Let's pray for souls. Father, we're coming to you in Jesus' name. Father, we want everyone to go to heaven. And therefore, we're crying out to you for the eternal salvation of every boy and girl, man and woman in Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas. Their past, present, future spouses, all the children they have now in the future and their family members, all grandchildren they have now in the future and their family members, all great-grandchildren they have now in the future and their family members. By faith, we're sending the Holy Spirit to convict each person of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Lord Jesus Christ, please reveal yourself to each person, your incarnation, your perfect life, the great miracles you did, your death, burial, and resurrection, your precious atoning blood, the revelation and understanding that by your stripes we were healed would come to every boy and girl, man and woman, and they would humble themselves before you, repent of their sins, receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, being gloriously born again from above. And then, Father, you would get every person into a good Bible-believing teaching church. They would then be baptized in water, receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Every Christian would become a true disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're agreeing that all the demon-possessed, demonized, and captives are being set free, and all the sick are being healed from every sickness and every disease. And your people, Lord, your children are walking in financial abundance, prosperity, debt cancellation of their debts, the full blessing of Abraham, whom God blessed in all things. And we agree right now, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. But also, Father, we love the Jewish people. We have such a great debt of gratitude to them. We agree with your word that they would come to salvation, that scales and blinders would be removed from their eyes, and they would see that Jesus Christ is their Messiah, the Savior and Lord, and be born again. According to your word, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem. According to your word, we agree that they have a covenant right to all the land of Canaan, restore all that land to them, Father God, and we thank you for it. And also, Father, we know according to your word, there's still the Psalm 83 war and the Ezekiel 38 war coming up, Father. Strengthen them, protect them, give them great wisdom, help them to be able to successfully take out all Iran's nuclear capabilities once and for all, and bless them, Lord Jesus. And thank you for the great plan you have for them in the last days. But also, Father God, we there's so many things going on that you hate, that we hate also, so we're praying against it. Father, we pray against the digital currency. We know the Fed and Joe Biden are trying to roll out this uh, Fed now, Father God. It's from the pit of hell. It's trying to get us, Father, where we come under digital currency, Father, and the, the government can control every transaction we make. And, Father, if they don't like what we're doing, they just shut us off, Father God. It's getting ready for the mark of the beast, Lord. Shut this wicked evil down, Lord. Don't let it come to pass. Send their plans into confusion and derision, and may they fight among themselves, Lord. And this not come to pass until after the rapture. Lord, we're agreeing that there'll be no more viruses or pestilences created as a, like the COVID-19 virus, Father. There'll be no more of those released in America and against the people of America ever again. Also, Father, we pray that you would secure our borders. 
Father, you know there are foreign soldiers, there's terrorists, there's pedophiles, there's drug dealers, there's people that are being let out of jail and thrown into America, Father, to destroy our country and to take us down and take us out. Help us, Lord Jesus. We pray whether it be through law enforcement or your angelic host, please drive out of this country every person who is here illegally and allow only those to come in who come according to our laws, our constitution, and according to your eternal plan and purpose. Also, Father, protect our power grid. Don't let, Father, terrorists foreign or abroad take out our electricity, our gas, our coal, our oil, our water. Father God, protect all these resources. And, Father, thank you that you've given us fossil fuels, and we decree by faith the Keystone Pipeline is going to be uh, coming to uh, being, Father God, and then they're going to begin drilling more oil, and those people who are trying to rape America are going to be taken out of office. And we thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. Also, Father God, we agree that you're not going to allow anyone to put the mRNA material into our food, our water, our plants, or our animals, Father God. Don't let them do it. Don't let them poison us, Father, in Jesus' name. And Father, we cry out to you, Father, there's no longer justice in America. So we're crying out to you, Lord. We know in your word you are a God of justice. Bring forth your divine justice against Joe Biden. His family is in his entire administration, Father God. Reveal every way they've broken the laws and constitution and deal with them according to your word. And we thank you for that also right now. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to be talking more about not neglecting our salvation. I do want to give you one update on one thing. I continue to kind of go back sometimes to that COVID-19 vaccination because (laughs) more things keep coming out. Here's this from, I believe it's from the Geller Report. The European Union is warning pregnant women not to get the COVID-19 vaccination. Okay, warning not to. Do you get it? According to VAERS, that vaccine advance event system that warns, the number of women who lost their unborn or newborn children in the U.S. following the vaccination was over 4,000 in 16 months. Okay, now let's compare that. Over the last 30 years, from other viruses, there's only been, over 30 years, 565 babies lost. 4,000 now in 16 months since the COVID vaccination. Remember Dr. Peter McCullough and, uh, oh, I can't think of the other guy's name. The virus was a bioterrorism weapon and the vaccination was a bioterror weapon to kill, to maim, to destroy. Remember the WEF, World uh, Economic Forum? They think there's too many people on planet Earth. Instead of 7 billion, they want 500 million. Okay. So everyone who's supporting the abortion, those who are trying to do the COVID-19, and, and I understand they're trying to plan one for 2025, just like the other one was planned. You know that. You've heard that, right? <laughs> In 2017, if you looked at the right sources, they were telling us about the, the, the virus that was to come because it was being developed and planned out. <laughs> it's terrible, isn't it, folks? Jesus is coming soon. 
Do you get born again, live for Jesus, get every, your family saved? We're out of here soon. Do you understand that? Remember, Israel has getting ready to build their temple. They have the land. They have the high priest. They have everything ready. All they need is permission. And remember, we're keeping our eye on this uh, peace treaty or agreement in September the UN is trying to get all the nations together to get on this 2030 plan over the next seven years a seven, again, seven year plan that ought to get your attention again I'm not sure it's Daniel 927 or not if it is we'll know who the Antichrist is but I'm just telling you God is winding things down whenever you have in society and it's not just in politics, it's now in churches and denominations calling evil good and good evil. That's apostasy. The only thing left is judgment, the judgment of God. It's on the way, but it's not for you and I, right? We're right with God. We're born again. We're going to be taken out of here in the rapture and then chaos. Okay, so I pray you're ready. All right, let's get to our message right now. We're continuing the second part from Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, talking about not neglecting our salvation. I'll go ahead and read it again. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip or drift away. Remember, continually keep before you the things God has taught you. Keep them in mind and obey God whatever he has taught you to do through those things you're learning keep obeying him and trusting him verse 2 if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward how shall we escape believers if we neglect did you hear that word neglect so great salvation and oh it is a great salvation that's what we've been talking about which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So we're not supposed to neglect our salvation. Now we've been last week, we went through two aspects of our salvation, the forgiveness of sins even though our sins have been forgiven, what do we have to do? First John 1, 9, we have to confess our sin. When we become aware by the Holy Spirit, we've sinned against God or someone else. Revelation 3, 19, Jesus talking to the church says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. You have to confess your sins. You have to repent of your sins as a Christian. And then God mandates Matthew 6, 14 through 15, Matthew 8, uh, 18, 21 through 35, since God has so freely forgiven you, say thank you, Jesus, he commands you to forgive everyone or anyone who sinned against you or anyone you know about. Sometimes you can have old ought because someone sinned against your wife or kids. You got to get that under the blood of Jesus. You have to forgive. Release it to God. Remember what God said? Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. We need not neglect the gift of eternal life. Recognize you've been passed from death to life. You have eternal life. It's a present possession. And yes, it lasts forever. Also, not neglect righteousness. I think we got as far as righteousness last week. Remember Romans 3.22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith in Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, 
for there is no difference. Now you need to understand when you repented of your sins and invited Jesus into your heart and were gloriously, miraculously born again from above, your sins were placed upon Jesus and his righteousness was imputed to your account. You are now righteous. God declares you righteous because you trusted in Jesus and he paid for your sins with his precious blood. Okay. But in not neglecting our salvation, we need to understand that God expects us having received righteousness, we are to live righteously and do righteousness. Where's that in the Bible? 1 John 2, 28 and 29. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. You don't want to be ashamed when Jesus comes because you're living and doing wrong things, right? Okay. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth or practice righteousness is born of him. In other words, we can live righteously, we can do righteous deeds because we've received righteousness. So are you living righteously? Are you doing the things that are right in the sight of God and man? Okay. Also, in not neglecting our salvation, we need to remember that we've been freed from the bondage of sin. Number one, the penalty of sin has been taken away because Jesus Remember 2 Corinthians 5, 21, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. He took our sins upon himself. So we've been delivered from the penalty of sin, but also we've been delivered from the power of sin. We don't have to sin. We can choose to do the right thing. We can say no to the devil and yes to God day and night. Good, good scripture here found in Romans chapter 6. I could read the whole chapter, but we want to get on. Romans 6, 11 through 13. Likewise, reckon you also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 18, being then made free from sin, the power of sin, you became the servants of righteousness. In fact, in case you didn't get it, he says it again, verse 22. But now being made from, free from sin, the power of sin, and become servants unto God, notice this, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. So if we're not neglecting our salvation, we recognize that we don't have to sin. We are tempted to sin. Satan tries to set us. Remember, the world, the flesh, and the devil are against us, and they are always trying to get us to sin. You understand that, don't you? Okay. But through Jesus, by the grace of God being ministered to us moment by moment, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can live victorious Christian's life, do righteousness, and say no to the devil, and he has to flee. That's why I love James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. 
and be sure, and you know this if you've been a Christian very long, the devil is trying to mess with you. Okay, so the power of sin has been broken. So if you're not neglecting your salvation, you're staying strong, you're being strong, and you're obeying God, walking Him before him in faith, obedience, and love. But also now let's get into healing. You know, so a lot of people don't understand that not only did Jesus die for our sins, but he also died for our sicknesses. Now, there's many denominations that don't teach that, and only a few that do. But let me make a case. Are you ready? All right. Let's go to the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men. You know we're talking about Jesus, right? Okay. A man of sorrows unacquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he, Jesus Christ, has borne our griefs. Also, the word in the Hebrew also means sicknesses too, but I'll prove that to you in a minute. And carried our sorrows. Yes, sorrows is a good word, but also in the Hebrew, pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. That's right. It was my sin that put Jesus on the cross. Here's two. He was bruised for our iniquities, you know, lawlessness, our rebellion, all of us guilty. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. We can have peace because he took that torment that we can have peace. And with his stripes, oh, with his stripes, remember the whipping post? By his stripes we are healed. And in that healing is physical healing. Now, some people want to argue about that. Oh, no, it's just spiritual healing. It has nothing to do with that. Well, do you know the best <laughs> commentary on the Bible is the Bible? Let's go to Matthew chapter 8. Let's prove it once and for all that he just didn't die for our sins. He paid for our sicknesses too. Here it is. Matthew chapter 8. Let's go ahead and start verse 14. And when Jesus was coming to Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying and sick of a fever. And he touched her hand, and the fever left her. And she arose and ministered unto him. When the evening was come, they brought him to him many that were possessed with demons. I've told you before. Back when I first church, they gave me a good Schofield King James Bible. And then right by where the word possessed was a little letter. And it says in that margin in the work, it is the word daimoninzomai in the Greek. Yes, it means possessed, but it also means to be under the influence or attack of a demon. Christians can't be possessed, but they can be demonized. I know, and you know if you're really a Christian. Possessed with demons. He cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick. Okay. Okay. Listen to what I just read. No one's getting saved here. What Jesus is doing, they're bringing to him those who are tormented by demons and those who are sick in their body, spirit, soul, or body. They're sick. Okay. So right here in verse 16, the only thing going on is deliverance and healing. Okay, now why that's important is verse 17 is going to tell us what this is a fulfillment of. Okay, you listening? 
that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. I just read it, Isaiah 53, 4. You can study it for yourself. He himself took our infirmities, also means personal weaknesses and distresses, and bore our sicknesses. That includes pains and diseases. Doesn't say anything about person getting saved. It talks about deliverance and healing. And Jesus' deliverance, healing ministry, was a fulfillment of what Isaiah said when it says himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He just didn't die for your sins. He died and paid for your sicknesses too. In fact, Jesus, knowing that he was going to the whipping post and the cross, you might say, on credit, was healing people everywhere he went. Let's prove that real quick. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, notice this, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought into him all sick people. You know, when they heard of Jesus, the original reason they came, because they knew if they had demonic torment, he would set them free. If they were sick, he would heal them. That was the initial draw to Jesus. He was a man that would heal you and deliver you if you were sick. And therefore, Jesus is near. Get to Jesus. The demons will get cast out. Get to Jesus. You'll be healed. But let's continue. And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought him to him all sick people, not some, all, that were taken with diverse diseases and torments, those who were possessed with demons, those who were epileptics. I could tell you some stories about that. And those who had the palsy, and he healed them. Jesus is all about not just saving your soul, getting the demons out of you, and healing your body. Now, I could look at a lot of Scripture, but for time's sake, let's just look at one other in Matthew. Matthew 12, 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from there, and great multitudes followed him. Jesus, notice this, he healed them all. Okay, great multitudes is thousands. Let's just use a, a, a number, 7,000. 7,000 people showed up, some of them mean, some of them bad, some of them just seeking after a God. But how many got healed? He healed them all. Uh, let me make this statement. There were no unlucky ones. No, I don't believe in luck, but you get the point. No one didn't get healed. He healed them all. Thousands? You know, I, I've heard different professors say, oh, he just healed a handful of people. And the only reason he healed them was just to show that he was God. Do they read their Bibles? Do you read your Bible? Everywhere he went, he healed people from every sickness and every disease. Read it in Matthew 4, now Matthew 12, 15. I could go on to Matthew 14, 14, 36, Matthew 15, 29 through 31. Again, great multitudes, lame, blind, deaf, uh, missing body parts. He healed them all. 
Okay, Jesus Christ is not just your Savior and Lord. He's your deliverer. He's your healer. Okay, let's continue. Well, yes, we're going to have to have a part three, I can tell you right now. But let's go to Acts 10.38. Peter stock talking. He says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Okay. Have you been anointed with the Holy Spirit and power? Who went about doing good? Okay, well, do you think you can do good? Well, yeah, by the grace of God and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I can do good, okay? But notice this, and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So the Holy Spirit saying through Peter in the word of God that when he was doing this deliverance and healing, it's because the people were oppressed of the devil. So sickness and deliverance, of course, deliverance, it makes sense, is oppression of the devil. Well, maybe that's not good enough for you. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. Okay, you understand that's true, right? Notice here, for this purpose. Notice the word purpose. The Son of God, who's the Son of God, Jesus Christ, was manifested. Why? That he might destroy the works of the devil. So demonic torment and sickness in your body is considered in the Word of God, and that's the only sure word we have, as works of the devil. Do you get the picture here? So he just didn't die for your sins. He died for your sicknesses, okay? And now Peter, looking back after the cross, after his resurrection, says this by the Holy Spirit. 1 Peter 2, 24, who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree. See, that proves that Jesus took all your sins upon him on the cross, right? Thank you, Jesus. That we, being dead to sin, should live in the righteousness. Amen and amen. Don't stop there. By whose stripes ye were healed. Remember, Isaiah says we are healed. Now, Peter, looking back to what Jesus accomplished at the whipping post on the cross, by his stripes you were healed. It's already been paid for. Just like your pay, your uh, sins were paid for by the blood of Jesus, so your demonic torment and sicknesses were healed and paid for by the stripes of Jesus. Do you get the thing, picture? And here's a wonderful scripture that people who don't believe in miracles, they just kind of really despise it and don't know what to do with it. But I think it's so wonderful. One of my favorite verses, here it is, Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You want me to interpret that to you? Okay. Number one, who Jesus is in the Bible is who he is today. That makes sense, doesn't it? And see, that's why we know what false religions and cults and woke churches are not of God because they change who Jesus is. Or, part two, what Jesus did in the Bible is still what he does today because God says through the Holy Spirit, 
through who I believe Paul, who is the writer of Hebrews, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He still saves, he heals, he delivers, he makes whole, he prospers, he blesses, because that's who he is, and that's what he does, and he wants to do it for you, he wants to do it for me. I've got so much more, part three next week. Jesus is your healer, but you have to contend for your healing and pursue him. Do you know Jesus? Are you ready to meet him? If not, pray with me. Dear God, I see it. I believe Jesus Christ died for my sins and rose again. I know I'm a sinner. Lord Jesus, I come to you. Please forgive me for all my sins. I repent. Let your precious blood wash away my sins right now. I ask you to come into my heart and life and be my Savior and Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the broadcast of Exceedingly Abundant Ministries in cooperation with Bethel Worship Center of Joplin, Missouri. Bethel Worship Center is located at 3125 West 20th Street in Joplin. Weekly service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and a Wednesday evening Bible study at 6.30 p.m. For more information, visit their website at BethelJoplin.org or send an email to Pastor Gary. His email is GaryCulp at Yahoo.com. Please join them again next week as they continue to expound on God's truth in a relevant and practical way.